Hello and welcome to Leadership, the Future and Tea, a podcast hosted by Andy Davis featuring Ian Moffat, Deborah Hartung and Hitton Bat, a podcast for people who are passionate about making a difference at work. Welcome everybody to Leadership, the Future and Tea. Uh, again, we've got another special guest here today. We've got Claudia Clark. Hello, Claudia. How are you? Good, thank you. Hey, good stuff. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, uh, Ian's with me as well. How are you doing, Ian? I am doing fine. Thank you, Andy. Look, Looking forward to the summer vacation. Not quite sure how far we'll get, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm but really looking forward before that to today's show. Absolutely. This is the most pressing uh, bit that, of excitement that we've got. And Claudia, uh, welcome on board. And I just want to give everybody a little background into you, OK? Um, so uh, Claudia holds an MA in Labour in Relations uh, from the University of Illinois, a Master's in US History with an emphasis on women's work for San Jose University sorry, San Jose State University, and a Master of Social Work from the University of Michigan with an emphasis in community organising. She is the author of My Partner, My Friend, which is uh, explores how a relationship between Barack Obama and Dr. Angela Merkel evolved to form one of the most, ex- one of the extreme apprehension to one of deep friendship and a partnership that captivated the world. It's a fantastic looking book. Um, Claudia, did I do it justice, even though I tripped over my words? Yes, you did. You did a very good job. <laughs> in two you. sentences, yes. Yeah, well, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot more than that, and we're going to definitely get to talk about this. Um, listen, uh, just just tell us just very briefly about your book, OK? How did you get to write this book? Because it sounds yeah. amazing just in that two, two-line description. <laughs> OK, the the how I came to write the book is it was actually kind of a long story. Uh I happened to, we were still living in the States at the time, um, and I happened to turn on the television, and this was in November of 2016, and it was after the the presidential election, and President Obama was doing his final European trip, and I happened to turn on the television to to watch the final press conference between uh, Chancellor Merkel and President Obama, and I just, I remember looking up, and looking at just how distraught Miracle looked. And I, wow. I remember looking to my husband and saying, oh my word, she looks like she's about to cry. Wow. And um, and it's so it was so uncharacteristic of her. Yeah. And then in the days afterwards, I remember reading in Le Monde, you know, the, the, jerk, yeah. or the French newspaper and Der Spiegel and the New York Times, and they were reflecting on the relationship between the two of them. They were showing pictures like, you know, 16 pictures that prove that Miracle and Obama are really going to miss each other. And wow. so that kind of I started yeah. think, I started thinking about that. And I so that kind of was in my mind in November of 2016. And then um, I happened to, again, we were still in the States. We moved to Germany in September 2017. So in March of 2017, it was the first trip Miracle made to Washington after after Trump was elected. And I could see the difference in in communication between the two of them, the fact that he wouldn't shake her hand. And I caught on to that, but what what really struck me was the media did too. The media for the yeah. next couple of days were showing compare and contrast the pictures between Merkel and, and Obama and yeah, Merkel yeah. and Trump. And so again, that kind of got the I started dusting off what I had thought about earlier 
Um, and then I remember sitting in a, I was sitting in a graduate level history class and mm. they were talking about Churchill and FDR and how the two yeah. of them had yeah. been such good friends. That's right. And, um, and then also, um, Thatcher, Margaret Thatcher and, and yeah. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Well. Yep. Yeah. 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 Other great examples. Yeah. So I, so I, and, and then I remember my, my professor saying, you know, there were books written about their relationship. And mm. so I said, okay, let me see what I can find. So I started just, for background, I started reading a couple of the books written about FDR and, and Churchill yeah. and, and Thatcher and um, um, Reagan. But what really kind of put everything together was when I discovered the in April, I had heard that the very first trip President Obama was going to make after his presidency yeah. was back to Germany, back to Berlin. Uh, because it was, it was a coincidence. It was the 500th anniversary of Reformation, and yeah. the church had extended the invitation. Miracle hadn't done it, but the church had. And so I just thought, okay, let me see what I can find. So Brilliant. I started research, and I, I thought, you know, this could be a rabbit hole. I might not be able to come up with anything. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest, there were there were a couple of times where I thought that the project was over before it was done. The, you know, the fact that the two had challenges and initially. And so what I had to do is I kind of had to work backwards and. Next thing I knew, I had a 250-page manuscript <laughs> wow. in front of me. So. That's an incredible story. Um, but we're going to get into that probably a bit more, okay, in terms of the, the real detail behind it. But uh, what, what a phenomenal way of actually determining that. Uh, I've got to ask the question, right? It might be a stupid question, but I'm going to say it anyway. Who are your leadership role models and why? Um, I, I saw that as a potential question that you asked, and um, <laughs> and I, I went back and forth on this. Um, I, I have to say it's it's a tie between uh, just uh, Jacinda Erdern. Oh, yeah. And, speak about all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and Angela Merkel, and and Brilliant. the reason I, I like Merkel a lot. I have yeah. a lot of respect for her, but she is a little more conservative than I am. Mm -hmm. um, so. I like a lot of what she's done, um, and I agree with her on a lot of things, but I also disagree with her on a lot of things. So, yeah. so I kind of, I kind of um, lean more toward uh, Jacinda Ardern because she and I are more aligned politically um, on wow. our idea, ideologies. Well, uh, you've definitely chosen a great couple of people there, and. Um, I have to admit, I don't know a great deal about Angela Merkel. I'm really looking forward to reading your book, by the way. That's the first thing, OK, because I'm definitely going to learn something out of that. Um, but Jacinda Ahern, we, we talk about this all the time, don't we, and about some of the yeah. amazing examples, you know, whether it's the changes to the gun laws, uh, you know, within 24 hours after uh, the massacre that they sadly had there, um, or, or even just simple things we've talked about in terms of the COVID, how she's actually dealt with that. There's just some masterclasses that come out every, every mm -hmm. time. So, uh, so yeah, two two fantastic choices there, and um, yeah, I can understand why you've put them as a tie. Okay, so I I get that as well. Um, but what is it about them? What what are the what are the traits that you look for in leaders, uh, Claudia, that, that you can share with us? Um, the, the one I think is the most important is humility. Mm. Uh, there are when when you're in a position of power, like any type of leadership position, yeah. you're you're going to make mistakes. Uh, yep. you're, first and foremost, you're human and you're going yep. to make mistakes. 
and to just say ignore everyone else you, when you realize that you were wrong about something and yeah. you ignore everything else uh i that i think it, it almost i think you lose credibility that way i think you you're more relatable when people when when you're willing to say look i i made a mistake i was wrong yeah absolutely and so, and, and I talk about this in the book that that's one of the things, you know, Merkel and Obama had differences of opinion on initially. And it was, um, it was Obama's humility that kind of broke the ice because he, he took ownership of things that, that, um, and she really appreciated that. So, so humility, I think is really, really important. Yeah, and yeah. I also think that conviction of your beliefs is something else that, that is really, really, really important because, when you're when you're doing something, when you're in a leadership role, no matter what you mm. do, um, somebody's more, more often than not, somebody's going to be upset with you. Whether if whether you're trying to close a, a coal mine, you've got uh, you've got people who've been working in the coal mines for for decades saying this is our livelihood. You can't do that. And then on the other side, you've got the the environmentalists saying you need to do do this. Coal is bad, etc. And so you have got to be able to know in your heart of hearts that what you're doing is is correct, and you have to be able to stand firm to it. And that doesn't mean you can't go back. And when more research comes out and, and you realize I made a wrong decision and change your mind. But when people make decisions, when they they change their positions because of, of political or societal pressures, that I, I think diminishes, in my opinion, your ability to lead. Wow. Ian. We were um, just talking we, we about are, U-turns earlier on, weren't we? We, we, we were, absolutely. <laughs> but equally, Ian, one of the things that we've asked, we've asked this question to loads of people now, haven't we? And yeah. we've never actually had the answer before about um, you know, the, the conviction in your beliefs, have we? No, and, and, and yeah, people, uh, and this isn't being in any way derogatory of any of the comments you know we've made or other people have made in the past, we kind of skirt around it by talking about things like authenticity yeah. and, you know, that sort of human and, and empathy. But the, the, the reality is, you know, you don't have to be at the top of the organisation, as you said, Andy, to be a leader, right? You can be any right. position in the organisation. But it kind of, it's kind of that conviction is also displaying. This is what I stand for. This is what I yeah. believe, and these are the values that I'm now portraying. That's why I'm making this stand. And I loved your description because I think the there is an important distinction between remaining agile and adaptive yeah. based on yeah. the context of new information versus a U-turn because of some uh, demagoguery. You know, mm. some, some, you know, because it it, it gets some favour somewhere because people see it as being popular. Right. And, and, and bringing, bringing that issue back with Miracle, that almost, that almost um, was her downfall because she, she, when she opened German borders in 2015 to yeah, all the yeah. refugees, that, yeah. she, that was a turn in her, her position. She had been fairly strict in her, in her um, refugee and, and immigration policy. And she, she switched and that uh, the AFD, the, the alternative for Germany, has take, gotten a lot of power. And a lot of that was because she moved. People were upset with her for, mm. for that position. But she didn't initially she did not back down and she changed her position. She saw what was going on 
And, um, and and I remember I was watching when I was doing research. I remember watching videos of her before the before the um, EU and, and other countries and other countries were, were expected to help. It wasn't supposed to be just Germany and yeah, other countries yeah. kind of backed out. And so she was it was really her against the world. And it would have been easy for her to say, you know what? No, we're not going to do this. But she figured it costs, I, I, I argue this in the book, and, and I believe very firmly that it costs her politically, but she did what she, what she thought in her heart of hearts was correct, was the right thing to do, and it was contrary to what her party had done and what she had done previously. So her shift, it, it cost her a little bit, but she didn't back, she has since then, but at the time she hadn't, she had, she was very firm in it. Yeah. Wow. Looking at, going back to the book for a second then, um, it's a journey, right? Um, you know, mm-hmm. you've the research, you've kind of got into the stories and, uh, and under the skin of the, uh, you know, the, the key characters here in this. So what was what was your own sort of learning and insight that you take from from writing the book? Well, what um, what happened with my my particular journey is I came in at the very end when I saw all the, the touchy feely pictures of, of them saying, you know they're going to miss one another and they had yeah, a relationship yeah. and i i kind of paid attention attention to what was going on prior to that but but not a lot i kind of knew about the discourse between you know it, um when president o- or candidate obama was wanted to speak in brandenburg gate and Merkel wouldn't let him I, I, that that was kind of noise and i knew about it but i had forgotten about it and so when i started to do my research there were a couple of things that i saw that I really truly thought I was I was going to have to stop that there was really nothing to this and one of them was uh, the the dis- disagreement that the two of them had before he had become president and uh, over the Brandenburg Gate when he was a candidate he wanted to speak in front of Brandenburg Gate and yeah. Merkel had declined the request and because for a couple of reasons, number one, she she really thought that he was a lot of talk and she didn't really have a lot of she didn't she wasn't quite willing to trust him. And so she didn't want him to, to do that. And then likewise, I, I love President Obama a lot, but I do think he is a little bit arrogant and he didn't like Miracle was the first person to say no to him because he was this pop, you know, rock star he was coming <laughs> up. and Miracle was like, no, you're not going to do it. And he it was just kind of wait, wait a second. What are you talking about? Don't you know who I am? Kind of thing. And so initially there was that amount of um, discord between them initially. And then there was the whole issue later where it we it was discovered that uh, President Obama was wiretapping Miracle's personal cell phones, cell phone. and that caused a lot of discourse. So, so I'm seeing these two things now, and I remember thinking, oh my God, there isn't, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. And then yeah. once I, but there was something in me that just said, keep going. There's got to be something in there. So I pers- I persisted, and what it and what I do with the book is it is true that there was a, there is a level of of um, a, um, concern between the two of them, distrust between the two of them initially, no. but. So what I do is I, I talk about how we went from from that point 
to the very, very end where Merkel literally cried the very last time she said goodbye to Obama for the last time. And then the very last time, or the very, very last person President Obama talked to before he left office was Chancellor Merkel. And wow. so what I do is I trace, okay, this is where they started. This is where they ended. And mm. I talk about how we got from point A to point B. And it was not, um, it wasn't a linear relationship. They still, despite, you, you can see where things, the tide is turning and Merkel is starting to have respect for for Obama. And, and Obama is, is letting down his guard a little bit and thinking, okay, she's not as she's not as stiff and proper as, as I thought kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And and you can and I talk about that and and I you can see I I, I don't want to talk about it now because I, I I want you to read the book but there is a yeah, there sorry. is a <laughs> there is it, it it stems from humility President yeah. Obama demonstrated a, a point of humility that gained that started to gain Merkel's respect and do you and, think that do you think that's your main learning from f your own personal learning from from going through that looking at that process um. Yeah, I, that it was that it was not that it was that relationships don't need to be linear because they oh. they they had even in the course of their whole relationship they had their ups and downs. Yeah. But um, even but the, the telling thing is they they come from two different political parties. Um, you know, President Obama is center left, and Merkel is center right. Which it's not completely. The parties in Europe are a little different than they are in the States, but they yeah, but they yeah. had serious disagreements over economic issues, but they they were able to they had so much profound respect for one one another and each other's countries. That's a big thing that they had yeah, a lot yeah. of respect for yeah. is that they were able to put their differences aside because they knew that for for continuity of the relationship between the United States and Germany and the United States uh and the United States and the rest of the EU, they had to work together. And and luckily, and I use the sentence pretty much, is not only do they learn to do they realize that they're gonna have to learn to work with one another, but they ultimately ended up really liking and respecting one another. Yeah. Which at the very, very beginning, it was not clear that was gonna happen. Nah, that's good. And, and and a lot of our listeners, they they listen to this to get uh well, hopefully it's because it's, it's good fun. It's, you know, it's, it's entertaining, you know, in these, these days of remote working, but also to get some sort of key insights around leadership, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you think, if they read the book, what, what do you think are some of the key lessons they can take from this at, to be a better leader? I think one of the, one of the most important things that um, they can, uh, this goes kind of goes back to humility, is that um, initially, one of the things that, that, Brought, um, started to bring Merkel around with with respect to President Obama, is that the United States had a reputation of demanding everything. That we're the superpower, yep. you're, we're we're more powerful. We have more money. We have blah blah blah. You're gonna, all of you, are going to listen and cater to us. And Obama was not like that. And and I talk about in the book the very very first conversation. Uh, between Obama and Merkel, that the the people that were there, the translators and the note takers and 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 the pundits, all said that the one telling thing about that conversation 
was that there was silence on Obama's end, meaning he was listening to what she was saying. He was not just dictating right. a whole bunch of criteria, like you're going to do this and you're going to do this and you're going to do this and we want this. But he actually took the time to listen, to find out what she needed, what she wanted. And and that was that was very, very important. And another thing I think that you people could take um, is that you you do need to you people make mistakes you need to be willing to to admit when you're wrong and obama was very very wrong about wiretapping miracle cell phone um i i don't i don't um cut him any slack for it but one of the things that he did to mend one of the most basic things he did to mend the ties was uh, he, when when news broke and, and things were, were going chaotic, he called or he had his chief of staff on a plane to Berlin to talk to her chief of staff. And usually it was the other way around. It was everybody had to kind of cater, cater to the United States because the United States was more powerful, powerful and had more resources. Yeah. And all that was... I know there's a lot of negotiating behind the scenes that we'll never know about, but I read in several articles in my research that just the fact that he sent his own chief of staff just to Berlin was a major, major miles. Yeah, it made all the difference. That that, that probably brings me nicely on to the next question, really, because you know that that what you're talking about there is is the is the building blocks of a powerful alliance right that mm-hmm. that's what that says okay yeah, we've got a problem i'm going to send my my senior man to come and speak to yours and we're going to sort this out and i, I want to to ask that following question which is about how can leaders of today that are in businesses forge new relationships to build that powerful alliance what can they take away from that to to do that i think one of the most important things is just um, learn from one another. You're nobody is perfect, and yep. you can and you need to build on one one another's strengths and and help build someone up. For example, Miracle was not as she's known. She was the one that would get deals done. She would do the arm wrestling behind the scenes and get things yep. done. She was not a great. She's not been known to be a great public speaker. Whereas on the other hand, when President Obama speaks, he can get 300,000 people, but he's not particularly the most at the time he, because he was junior, he wasn't the most effective um, person to make, make deals. And so offer he, they are, Congress allowed Miracle to come to Washington, D.C. to speak before Congress. And that was a huge honor. And um, there are there are people that they thought at the time that was the speech of her career. Wow. So allow, and so allow people if, if you've got if you've got a leader that, you know, yep. is really good at one thing, but mm-hmm. but lacks the other other skills, give them opportunities, give them tasks to help them work with them and yeah, help yeah. them so that they can build their confidence and, and work together and learn from one another. That's really strong, that's awesome. isn't it? Ian? That's yeah. really strong. Um, uh, so we talked about your book, um, and uh, I love talking about it. Look forward to reading it. But I've got to ask, what was the last book that you read? The last book I read. <laughs> this is going to sound archaic, but I actually <laughs> just finished reading um, this book, Avita, the First Avita. Lady. Oh right, um, okay. And and I'll, I'll tell you, there's a reason for it. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I happened to watch the movie a couple a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I didn't know much. 
much about her. And then I was I was fascinated watching the movie. So I was like, okay, I want to learn more about her. And the reason I was interested in this particular thing is when I was watching, I know the pros and cons about her. I know mm-hmm. she Hollywood glamorizes her, but she she certainly had her dark side. But what fascinated me when I was watching the movie was the fact that the she had her own following more so than her husband. And so I I found that really, really intriguing. And so I was thinking, I wanted to see, it just reminded me of Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama in many, many circles is actually more, more popular than her husband. And yeah. so I I was starting to think maybe if my next project, if, if I were to write a book, compare and contrast the first lady, Avita, with Michelle Obama, just, Wow. And so I wanted to read the book just to see. And a lot of people are telling me, don't do it. Stay away from it. She's a nasty woman. Don't fall for the Hollywood things. So I, I, I haven't decided about if that's what I'm going to do or not. But that is actually why I'm why I, why I picked that book to read. That's, that's a great pick. That's a great pick. I'm going to hand over to uh, Ian now for uh, a couple more questions on the on leadership change. Uh, that's brilliant. Um, so uh, look, this, this, this is a great, this is a, this is a completely tailored question for you. I think we've not asked this question before because, um, you've been on both sides of the Atlantic, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you, how does that modern global leader, what, what kind of advice could you give to a modern global leader that's transversing between sort of European and American culture? Okay. I think for the, the most important thing is that you need to take into consideration cultural differences. Um, uh, World leaders have translators that travel with them. They've got cultural people that will tell tell them cultural norms and that kind of, so so they don't break any cultural things. Mm -hmm. Everyday people are not going to have access to that. And there are a lot of nuances to cultures that, uh, that can help or can hinder. Um, for example, in, in the German culture, it's very, they're very, very, very formal. I, when I go into the doctor, it, it's Frau Clark, and I, I look around for my mother um, because, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if my mother were alive, she would be looking around for my grandmother. But, but that's that's part of the German culture, and yeah. whereas the United States tends to be very, very laid back, more more so than when you go to the doctor, it's you refer to the doctor by name, but usually it's when you're sitting in the waiting room, they they refer to you by by your first name kind of thing. Yeah. And so you need to understand cultural differences like that. Um, and other things, for example, Germans are very, very, um, they do not like to, they're, they're very slow to call people friends. They're very slow to form relationships. Right. And so if you're not aware of that, mm. you could, some people could mistake that as being cold or aloof. And it's just, it's part of their culture. And so I think it's really, yes, learning the language helps a little bit, but I think more, even more importantly than that is knowing cultural norms. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And, yeah. And, it, yeah. and I think it, it makes it more, that much easier when you're trying to do business with someone. And they're not going to expect you to know everything, but if you know a couple of things, yeah. they really, it, it shows acceptance that they understand yeah. that you're willing to to try and 
um, adapt to their culture. I think that's great Brilliant. advice. I, I think that's fantastic advice. And culture is one of the things that trips uh, people up in every every walk of life, mm-hmm. uh, both business and uh, and personal. So uh, yeah, great advice for that on both sides of the Arctic. Thank you. And um, we, we love asking this question of our guests because it really makes people think. And it is what is your leadership legacy going to be? I would like to be the person that my leadership skill, I do not believe that whether you're a CFO or you're a janitor or you're a nurse, that you're a, that that no job is your no job is too good for you. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I remember I started out in, in HR and um, I worked in a hospital and I gained more respect than a lot of my predecessors with the nurses because I would go in on a Saturday in in jeans and a t-shirt and I wouldn't there was there was some nasty task that needed to be done um and I would do it I wouldn't I would I would be I would help them with their their we were going through an accreditation survey and I would help them with their I would say okay tell me what you need and I would help them with it I would I I wouldn't just say that's not my job description I'm not going to I'm not going to do that that's that's for you and when I when I worked in I work in a lot of political campaigns uh, I never believed that being the campaign manager I was above stamping envelopes and stuffing. So if if it needed to be done, I did. If we had volunteers to do it, great. But oftentimes I would be sitting right next to them at the table, folding envelopes and stamping. A job needs to be done. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. As long as it gets done, um, who, it doesn't matter who. And and I do not believe in asking someone to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right approach. Um, before I get onto the uh, the final section, I've got to ask: uh, Did you get to meet um, Angela Merkel or uh, Barack Obama? Not yet, but I'm hoping. That's that's like my dream. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure. I had to ask. I had to ask. I'm sorry. I know. It was burning inside me there. But, I know. Uh, uh, so uh, finally, um, uh, Claudia, what we always ask our uh, our guests to do is lead us with some some resources. Uh, obviously, uh, one of I guess one of your resources is going to be a book, and whatever you mention now, we're going to we're going to list for you at the bottom of the show notes, so people will be able to get to it. But over to you, what resources can you leave? Obviously? Okay, the the book is not yet available, but if you go to the web if you go to yep. my website, you can sign up for updates, and you can download a, a free chapter there. Brilliant, and, and I've, um, I've read that by the way. I've okay. read that. It's fantastic. Oh, you read that. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've read it and I recommend it to people. So I'm definitely going to put that link for everybody. And I promise you that's a, that's a relatively long chapter. And I, I promise that it's not all that long. It's just that was that I, I debated because that was actually that chapter was the turning point in the relationship, which ah, is why. Right. Right. Well, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. So uh, thank you. we're definitely definitely posting that for you. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with? Um, if you guys, if if um, if you go to my website, um, yep. there are different places where you can find me on social, follow me on social media. That's that's what I need the most right now is um, followers on, on my website, on Instagram, um, well, LinkedIn, uh, contacts. 
that is what I need more than anything. Well, so. there's me and Ian. Okay, we're definitely going to go we in there. We will be doing it and promoting today. that. Yeah. So don't don't worry about that. And uh, <laughs> we're going to link all of those into the bottom of the show notes. And uh, for all the listeners out there, then please do reach out and connect with with Claudia on one of those uh, social media platforms, or even all of them, uh, to to really make a day. That'd be fantastic. Um, Ian, any final thoughts before we start to wrap up? No, just to say thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, meeting you today, we'll be virtually um, finding out a little bit more about the book. Looking forward to when that comes out and, and getting a good read. So so thank you very much for thank, all your thoughts on this today. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome. Hey, Claudia, no problem. Thank you very much. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been Leadership, the Future and Tea with our very special guest, uh, Claudia Clark, talking about her amazing book, uh, My Partner, My Friend, we are going to put the links in the show notes. Uh, please do go and click on them all. Uh, thanks very much for listening. And we hopefully you'll be able to uh, like, follow and uh, subscribe for the future episodes. Thanks a lot, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye now. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify so we can continue to reach more people and spread the message.